by split decision. Here we are, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Split Decision UK. It is episode 45. It would be episode 46, but we recorded 45 last week and we had to shelve it. It will forever go down in history as the lost episode. A trip to A&E kind of disrupted our week. But we are the every man's talk, every man's view, even, on the world of MMA. We had to talk about all your UFC needs. My name's Joe. I'm joined, as I am, every Monday evening by Matt Clark. Matt, how are you doing? I'm very well, Joe. How are you this week? I'm Come good. Come talk me through it. Talk yeah. me through it. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling fresh. I did... Obviously, the episode's never going to go out, but we were chatting while we were recording last time. I got home from work and I felt quite rough. In the end, I had really severe stomach pains. It's like a bellyache, basically, which is a bit, bit sort of pathetic, isn't it? But yeah, I went to A&E. They kept me in overnight. They thought they were going to have to have my appendix out. It was that, that sort of thing. They gave me a shot of morphine straight down the gullet. I was... I was in quite a bit of pain, but in the end, it sort of subsided a little bit, and it they they took the verdict. It might be a bowel issue, so I know you're all eager to know about my bowel problems out there. So there's there's the latest update. Um, what we probably haven't mentioned, or you certainly haven't, Joe, is the fact I actually won the picks last <laughs> week, and this does seem um, a bit of a coincidence, if you ask me. Is this an ex- extreme excuse <laughs> not to get my pick winner out there to the masses? Well, you you shortened that lead to eleven five to me, and I just I, I I bricked it. If I'm being honest, you literally did brick it. Like <laughs> your stomach's all over the gaff. You've got Brock Lesnar's diverticulitis on the go. Joe, in all seriousness, I hope you're well. You're sounding a lot better. You're back at work. You're back on the pod, and I couldn't be happier. Should we get cracking? Yeah, might as well. And so, just so you know, we we will keep your your last week's win in in the record book. So it will stand, and it will be eleven five going into next week. Other than that. Might as well get cracking. Fight Night 159. I've got to be completely honest with you, Matthew. I haven't seen a lot of it. I've just watched Paul Craig. I thought he was immense. Obviously, we had the main event. We might as well start there. Lasted about 15 seconds before a big eye poke caused it to be called off. Went down as a no contest. Yair Rodriguez poking Jeremy Stevens in the eye very early doors. And if, if that was a talking point in itself, the kind of melee that occurred after was an even bigger one. Yeah, 15 seconds into a highly anticipated fight with the hometown hero, so to speak, Yari Rodriguez against Stevens, set to be a cracker. I think we're both looking forward to it. And yeah, unfortunately, it's just one of those things. 15 seconds in, you'd be gutted if you were there. But Jeremy Stevens, that's Jeremy Stevens. He's not going to quit for no reason. He's spent a lot of money and time investing into his own camp. I think he even went out to Mexico early in order to do so. And he got the five minutes on the on the eye poke. It was nasty. After five minutes, he couldn't even open it. So just a very unfortunate set of events. And like you say, though, what transpired after is probably more what's making the news. I mean, Yair Rodriguez, visibly annoyed, emotional, understandably so to an extent. But he was almost uh, riling the crowd up by sort of getting them pumped and... He was doing more harm than good. I mean, you could hear even Bisping say he got modelloed. Um, so I went to the fact he probably got a bottle of beer landed on his Swede. So, yeah, yeah not good scenes at all. No, it was crazy, wasn't it? It was crazy. And it's, you, in, in a way, you, you can not commend. You can see where Yai is coming from. It's his own people. He, he's 
if you you, know, you want to endear yourself to your own people, really, don't you? If you're from a kind of lesser known country, if you like, it's you get, you get that sort of siege mentality, don't you? And you can become a hero in your in your homeland and and things like that. So you get it, but yeah, you don't really want to incite the crowd, and then especially when they get to that level. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if anyone did get injured, but I assume because you, you you see them throwing things. I assume there were some pretty dangerous objects being thrown, especially when they're being lobbed at, at a pretty far distance. I don't know if anyone's actually come out and suffered any injuries. Do you? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, at sorry. all. To be honest, listen, it's it's understandable if you're a fan to be annoyed in that situation. It's a long old night. You've been waiting for probably this is the main attraction, probably the only reason you're really there. You've been drinking all day. I'm, obviously, I'm not sort of appeasing it at all. No, condoning, that's the word. But you can understand why they're annoyed. But yes, on the other yeah. hand, it just, it's just awful. You can't. It can't does not do look good on Mexico. It don't look good on Yair. And it don't look good for the UFC at the end of the day. And you've got to think they're probably going to be in two minds to even go back if, if they're going to experience something like that again. Yeah, I t- I think they probably will go back. I think when you you look at certain incidents that that you've had in the past, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think we've had it to that extreme, not in recent memory anyway. I, I think they'll probably go back. I think there's a big market there in Mexico. I think they've got a few decent Mexican fighters in there. I mean, Irene Aldana, she fought on the card. She lost to Pennington last time out, but I thought she was a decent prospect, very good strike, and she dominated Melo and got... A- convincing win she's Mexican as well obviously you've got Kane he set the bar he's kind of stepped out now but I think if they can they'd want to keep hold of that Mexican market but yeah they won't be shining too many lights on, on what happened at the weekend I think they'll probably just scrub that one under the carpet I would have thought well he's he's the golden boy he's the poster boy for Mexico Yair Rodriguez and he's not acting like it really the way he behaved in the cage after you could kind of sort of justify because it's in the heat at a moment or whatever it's his big moment in front of his home crown his family his friends uh, but he he continues it later on in the on the post fight desk. He's he's calling Stevens not a cheat as such, but sort of basically saying he's a cop out and that he's not actually hurt. Shit house. Uh, that is shit house, That is fine. <laughs> I mean, he's not a kid. He's he's yes, he's young, but he's twenty six years old. He's got to, I think I take a bit of a more professional approach. And if he is going to fly the flag for Mexico, um. Do a bit more professionalism, shall we say? Yeah, fair enough. Do you want to see the rematch? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely make it. I mean, I think if anything, this has probably built it up even to a bigger fight. The comments after from Yair—they've been retorted as well by uh, Stephen. Said, "Let's let's go in two weeks, motherfucker. When I'm ready," is what he said. <laughs> so, or some words to that effect. So, mate, put it on in New York. Yes, and I'll be happy as a sandboy. That's it. Big announcement, ladies and gents. We said we were trying to, hoping to get tickets for UFC 244, the huge car BMF title on the line. Big Darren Till fighting out there as well. We only went and done it, so buzzing with that. We'll see you all out in New York. If anyone's getting out there, give us a message. Maybe we'll get a few bevies in. Oh, yes. Buzzing, my son. Buzzing. Back to this weekend. Highlight of the card for me, the entire card. It opened up the prelims. Big Paul Craig, the Bear Jew, getting a fantastic win over Vinicius Mojeda. Beat the shit out of him. Big knee, dropped him. Continued to beat the shit out of him and then sunk in a rear naked choke. Ref made him tap twice. Wasn't too keen on stopping it. But yeah, I thought Paul Craig, very impressive. Takes his record in the UFC now to 4-4, four and four, which I think is an important bit of parity there. In a, essentially, if you're looking at it, worst case, it gives him three 
kind of fights to get an, to get another win to secure that next contract. Yeah, he absolutely beat the snot out of him, Joe. He did. Highlight the car for me as well. Like you say, the ref, he weren't keen on stopping that whatsoever, the geezer. Think he'd had a Medello or two as well. Oh, I think he might have. I think he might have. I can't blame but, him. But what win for uh, Paul Craig? I think he might have been a black belt that he submitted as well. So, mate, you can't get better than that. First round, he needs a bit of consistency now. Hopefully this can kickstart his career. Light heavyweight, It's always you've always got a chance, it seems, to get a bit of a run going. And he's shown that he's got some striking now as well. Landing some beautiful knees, beating the snot out of him on the ground. Should have been a TKO, let's be honest. Yeah, it should have been really, always, shouldn't it? That's always been his criticism. He can't hang with the strikers. He's got to go to the ground, otherwise he's probably screwed. If he's shown improvements already, uh, he's working on, on that aspect of his game in the gym every day. We all know if he goes to the ground, he can he can finish you. So, but if he could add, add, add the strike into that as well, he, he's really got a chance to, to push on now as Bairdew. Yeah, fantastic. Absolute monster on the ground, isn't he, like he's just said there. So get that striking in if anyone takes him to the ground, even if he's getting beaten up on the ground, he finishes it there as well. So fantastic for Paul Craig. Maybe he's looking at a top 15 shot next, possibly. Maybe he's going to get someone just outside that. But hopefully, may, hopefully get, move himself up the prelims. I don't think you want to be opening up the prelims. You want to be headlining out or getting on a main card, don't you? But yeah, shout out to Bear Joe. Anything else there, Joe? I know you didn't see too much of this one. That's it for me. Yeah. Sweet. So we've got a bit of news. Max Holloway up against Volksy, Alexander Volkanovsky, USC 245 in Las Vegas for the featherweight belt. Buzzing for Volksy on this one as well. Uh, I think he deserves it. He's the next man in line, I would say. He's beaten everyone put in front of him. Absolutely over the moon with this fight. And I don't think it's a completely one-sided affair, if I'm honest. You look at Max Holloway and he has pretty much destroyed everyone in that division to date. I'm not, yeah, I'm not too sure it'll be so easy against Alexander. Nah, I completely agree. I think Max always, he, he turns up on these games though, doesn't he? He's, if you think you've got someone who's going to beat him or who's going to be causing trouble for him and he just completely splits it on his head. Look look at Ortega, that sort of fight. We thought, yes, he's got someone on the ground he can't go there with and he's got someone who's got power in his hands in Ortega and he's completely schools him for five rounds. Um I'm with you on this. I think this is his hardest test to date, maybe. Folks, he's just a Duracell bunny. Don't stop. He's got that rugby background. He's got that athletic pedigree. And, and he's an animal. And he's a he's more like a, he's sort of like a version two. I think we said it before, of Frankie Edgar, but probably with a bit more power in his hands. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. That card is absolutely banging as well. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But on this fight particularly, when you think about the pressure that Max Holloway puts on people... I mean, Volksy's probably going to be able to match that at least. I mean, it's just going to be a comp- some sort of battle that we kind of rarely see when two people have got this sort of engine and they like to apply that much pressure. Who's going to win out? That's That's got to be the key, I, I, I would say. You can't see either of them backing off and they're just going to sort of meet in the middle uh, head on. That's all I can see is happening in this yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. Someone's going down at the end of the day. Yeah, and then, uh, I do like Max Holloway, but I'd like to see Volkanovski do it, I think. Get a rematch out of it as well, so you know, no issue there for Max Holloway. I don't think it does, it, does him too much disservice. You got, everyone's got to lose at some point. Yeah, lovely little fight, that, Joe. Lovely little one. Anything else? you got Volkan Ozdemir against Alexander Rakic. Volkan coming off that decent win. Dangerous opponent in Rakic. This is in UFC Busan. And when I saw that, I was reading the news, I thought, what on earth is Busan? I thought it was some place in 
the backwater of America somewhere. It turns out it's in South Korea. So, like you said earlier, to me, they've taken a, a European card co-main event and stuck it on a South Korean card. But fair play. Vulcan, he, he don't get an easy flight, does he? <laughs> no. Well, he... The poor geezer. <laughs> there ain't too many easy fights in that division now. But we've also had a... A few rumblings from Dana White. We don't like to take them too seriously at face value, but he's saying he's he's got Stipe against DC3 in the works, and I'd be very happy to see that. I think Stipe gets it done, and I'd be happy for... I mean, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit tragic for DC if that happens, but yeah, I'd like to see DC kind of cement his status as, as the greatest, get a 2-1 scoreline over, over DC. I like this fight, Joe. I like it a lot. I think... I think the only thing that was stopping it before was DC's re- uh, pending retirement, wasn't it? I think he's had time to settle on it, and I think he wants to come back. I, I think he, he knows he threw that, that fight away the second time around, to be honest. He knows he's got a beat in a steep, eh? yeah, not only point. Not only the first fight, but the first couple of rounds. He knows how to beat him, and then his, sort of, his head went, his strategy went completely out of the window, and he he let Stipe back in for me and I, I think he's got the beating of him if he can adopt the same strategy that he did in the first few rounds in that second fight um, I, I can easily see him winning that third that third um, rubber match mm, interesting so we're at loggerheads already I don't know I, I kind of think Stipe you know these years these years have got to be catching up on DC I think Stipe can outlast him if, if he has to again do we want to see Jones come up here I mean that's the caveat as they say I wouldn't mind seeing Jones hang around for a couple more if he can. I'd like to see him try and hang on for Johnny Walker in that light heavy division and then get Stipe DC free out of the way and then after that have, have uh, Johnny Jones move up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only reason I would want to see Jones move up is for the Cormier fight and the only reason I want to see that is because I think Cormier's got a better chance against yeah. Jones. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like he struggles to make light heavyweight, is it, Jones? So... Yeah, I'm with you. I want to see Johnny Walker get a win in New York in a couple of months and then go and beat the shit out of John Jones. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've got the Safoa, the weekly award, the Simon Safarov Award for Outstanding Achievement. We give this out every week for Tremendous or we give it out for the Terrible. It can go either way. My first shout out this week would be young Stephen Peterson with the spinning back fist counter with a spinning back fist KO, which I thought was... Something that I've never seen before, quite frankly. Oh, it was it was absolutely nasty, wasn't it? I think <laughs> if you're going to counter with something, counter with that, Joe. I mean, I think he was losing the fight. It was in the third round. He was getting beat pretty handily and just lands a Hail Mary spinning back fist. I think he was spin, uh, he was counting the spinning back elbow, ducked under beautifully and just landed him. He was out before he hit the ground. Nasty, nasty knockout. Contender for knockout of the year, certainly knockout of the night. Yeah, great, great shout for the Safoa. I think also on the, on the other side, the flip side of that, the terrible that I mentioned earlier, Yair, you could put his kind of goading of the crowd and his inciting of the violence, if you like. It might, might be too much to pin it on one man, but it was very kind of WWE, but in a kind of real world, slightly, well, it got nasty in the end, didn't it? So I think you could give Yair a shout out for that. Yeah, I, I think throwing his comments about Stevens afterwards as well at the that's that's well after the fact he's had time to calm down and then he's still digging out Stephen saying he's going to have to live with the decision if he knew he was lying about that eye poke and all sorts. It's, it's just ludicrous. And he's he's pissing the UFC off now, I think. So what with the fact that he was actually cut, which people seem to forget a little bit because he didn't want to fight Zabit and now he's calling out Stevens for copping out there. So I don't know. 
he's not getting many fans, is Yaya. Yeah, and I, we do like to give awards out for, for the bad side, but I'm just not feeling that this week. This is all, this is almost put me on too much of a downer. So I don't think I can give it to y- Yair in that regards. I think that for me that the highlight of the whole week weekend certainly the whole fight card. He might, I don't think he's received it before. He, he may well have done. He, we'll have to go back and check. He may well be a two-time winner now. But I think the the d- display that Paul Craig put on there against against a, a fairly decent decent level of opponent and the the striking that he showed to to go with his ground ability is just fantastic i think that that will really kind of catch the usc's eye if you like so i think outstanding weekend for paul craig like we kind of say every week there's there's only one way to top that off and that is with the the safoa and uh yeah that goes to the bear jew this week congratulations big up the bear jew all right so we'll move swiftly on to the usc this weekend he's touching down in copenhagen denmark got a cracking card actually a lot of British interest a lot of European interest as well which goes without saying but Jack Hermanson is headlining up against Jared Cannonier. Hermanson obviously since coming back he's been on a bit of a bit of a tear he beat Jacare by decision before that he beat Branch and, and Gerald Mearshat by guillotine both both of those by guillotine he's up against Jared Cannonier, who beat Anderson Silva last time out if you remember there was a, that bit that leg injury to Anderson Silva which ended up being kind of weird because he just walked out to the walked out of the octagon looking pretty okay before that uh big yeah big Derek david branch who's had a terrible week himself we don't need to get into that and previously he's lost to dominic reyes and jan blakovich i don't know if that tells you a little something about where cannoneer is at the level of opponent he can beat but is hermanson in that level and will he get it done well you're referring to jc or cannoneer and the name rolls <laughs> off the tongue now Jay. i know i believe you... we actually struggled with it back in the early days I know. I can't, yeah. I, I can't even think of uh, what we were trying to say instead, but it's not even, yeah, not difficult. Amateurs. Amateurs. <laughs> but I will say JC, just in case I fuck up to make myself look stupid. Yeah, that's fair. JC's having a bit of a renaissance down at 185. This is a big opportunity for anyone who wants to grab the baton and run with it down at 185. You've got people moving up. You've got creating so many opportunities there. Darren Till with one win, he's going to be, we said it before, he pretty much number one contender behind uh, Costa if he beats Gastelum. Such is the the thinness of that division at the minute. Uh, it's amazing, really, because not long ago, that was one of the most stacked, full of killers division out, out there. But now it's um, it's almost like swap places with, with light heavyweight. So that's why I think JC is actually fighting Hermanson, who is a legit top fiver now. I think he's going to be outclassed here, to be honest. I think Hermanson, this fight doesn't really do much for him other than show the UFC that he can sell out arenas in his in his region, in Scandinavia, in Copenhagen, um, and that he can headline a show and that he can sort of showcase his performance against someone like JC, who's beaten Anderson Silva, Branchy. Decent wins, but not fantastic. Coming off that win over Jack Ray, I think this is this was all set up for, to give Hamadson that big push to get over the edge in a, in a fading division, to, to be honest. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Hermanson beat Jacare last time out. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he beat Jacare pretty convincingly, and he's taken. Yeah, he's quite a step back against Cannonier, isn't he? It's, it's it's definitely a few rungs down the ladder. But yeah, for, for all those reasons you said, that's why he's probably taken it. Obviously, the, the title isn't really in his sights at the moment. Kind of, if you look on, on form, and we go back to that thing, if you if you're taking it as a sport, then yeah, Hermanson probably is next in line to be honest, they're at least next in line for that number one spot, but he's not going to get it for a while, that's just, that's just 
how the cards have been dealt there when you look at the, the cream of the crop that we've got at the top of that division, especially with Darren Till coming in, like you just mentioned. So, yeah, I expect Tomanson to get it done pretty pretty handily. Again, I don't think Kananir is quite at that level. Like I said, he's lost to Reyes and he's lost to Blakovic. He built, beat Silva kind of in a, in a strange strange manner and he beat David Brandt. I think Jack Amanson, with a form he's in, particularly in his last three fights since his return, can't I can't look past him this weekend. No, absolutely. I mean, this is a, don't get me wrong, huge opportunity for JC. But I fully expect Hermanson to not walk through him as such, but have a, a reasonably comfortable victory. But whoever wins, right in the mix. So where would you like to go next, my son? I, I'm looking forward to this one, Joe. I'm looking forward to Cutaliba Roundtree. Oh, I, I was hoping you'd go on to that one. I cannot wait. I cannot I wait to see Roundtree fight. I know you're a big fan. I know you're a big fan. Ever since his knockout loss to Johnny Walker, and there's no shame in that. It was a brutal knockout, but it sort of changed the way he uh, approached his training. Went over to Thailand within six months or whatever it was. He showed a remarkable increase in his skill set. I forget who he come back and beat. Was it Gokan Saki? Eric Anders. It was, it was Eric Anders in the fight where he absolutely looked like a just a tie himself, didn't he? It he was did. ridiculous, the transformation. Um, and that was after six months of training. How long yeah. ago was that? It's probably about a year ago now, right? It's probably been at least another six months. Yeah, at least. So think about it. another year of training out there in Thailand. Like Kuta Libra, he, he's an absolute monster. He's scary. He'll come to bang. But he can gas. And he, he's, Roundtree has seen scarier things in his gyms every day, I think. If you're fighting a stand-up fighter, you're going to be seeing scarier things in Thailand. It's their national sport, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Cutelita. Yeah. He's he's going to be straight out of blocks, trying to knock his head off. But I think um, Roundtree's going to be prepared for it. I think he's it's not anything he hasn't seen before. Uh, I'm looking forward to another tight boxing clinic from him. Yeah, I can't see, can't I just can't see past Roundtree beating the snot out of him. So he can yeah. gas as well, well Cutelita. Exactly, he's, exactly. Because of his style, because he's so balls to the wall. He will gas, and that's, you don't want to do that. That's probably the worst place to be in, exhausted against someone as prolific as Roundtree on the feet. Uh, I could see him getting a second round, third round stoppage, something like that. He's slowly edging up them rankings. That light weight division, I say it every week, as do you, Joe. <laughs> it's just so exciting. And Roundtree, what, such an unusual character, great story. Um, just throwing this ridiculous star we now has, which you wouldn't have expected a couple of years ago almost like a journeyman and now he's he's a, a legit contender so I want to take us to the prelims now if you don't mind yeah cool take me down there we'll take a stroll down the prelims and this is a fight we called for quite a while ago Mark Diakese against Lando Venata battle of the I don't artistic strikers is what I'm going to describe them because some, some of the moves they got some of the techniques they use some of the creativity actually that they show during the fights, it's just unreal. Obviously, it goes without saying, we're going to root for Mark Diakese, but I'm a big fan of Landover Natter as well. I think, I think probably the first time I saw him was when he gave Tony Ferguson a bit of a run for his money. Since then, he's been a, he's been a little bit up and down. He beat Mariano last time out fairly recently. I don't know if you remember, that was with a Kimura. Before then, he drew against Frivola. Then he lost to Close, Drakkar Close. He drew previously to that. And then he lost to David Tamor to that. So he went on a very, very strange run of four fights with two draws and two losses. And he's managed to bounce back with a win last time. 
But nevertheless, I'm still going to root for Diakese. Even you talk about kind of um, difficult runs. Mark Diakese himself went on a difficult run, did he? He lost to uh, Hackparast, Hooker, and Closer uh, himself, who are you know outstanding fighters. There's no real shame in that. But Diakese kind of went away. He went back to his roots, and he kind of you know he went back to what he was good at. In a, in, a, in a nutshell, he felt like he was trying to stretch himself too thin, trying to learn all these new different skills when people have told him he's got weaknesses and things like that and he went away to work on it and you know he flipped that on his head and stuck to try and improve and improve on what he's always been good at beat Joe Duffy last time out very professional very good performance I thought I'm rooting for Diakese I think he might get it done as well what say you? Yeah I think you make a good point with with his back to the wall sort of going back to his roots with that three fight skid in the back of his mind and the full fight of them of that four fight run against Joe Duffy, he was arguably on paper probably the toughest and he and arguably again he probably looked his best in that when he went back to his roots I'm assuming he's still at the gym that he went back to for that fight for this one yeah I'm hoping he goes on a bit of a run now he's had a bit of a uh, what's it called cut that shitter <laughs> baptism of fire when he um. came into the UFC all flashy and all that and then he got sort of drawing a couple of hard hours in a row and back to the drawing board. But I think he can really go on a run now. Sometimes that's the making of these fighters. Lando Fanat, he's been on a similar sort of collision course himself. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Artistic strikers, Joe. I like it. Very creative, very freestyly. Street fighter fight going on. Is. Why, is this on why is this on the prelims? Why not showcase a fight like this? Both clearly, well, it's why the fight's been made, because they match up so well. It's going to be flashy. It's going to be kicks, spins, woos, and all that, all that carry on. <laughs> and it's on the prelims. Why don't showcase this? It's going to be on a great time for all the the fans abroad. Get it on there. Get these two names out there. No, I agree. And perhaps it's because neither of them are a Scandinavian, neither of them are European. Who knows? That is, that is why I thought it weren't on there. The Scandinavian aspect. The closest you got is the fact he's an Englishman, Jig Casey, but. Come on, give give these lads a, a chance internationally. I mean, everyone's a fan of Groovy Lando, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Disappointed in that one. I agree, yeah. But I think what about Jack Shaw? Then Jack Shaw, away you go. Yeah, we don't know anything about his opponent, do well, we, Joe? Unfortunately, I did. A, I did a little bit of research actually, and it just oh, just let in me terms of his... that comment, you know. So he uh, he lost to Marlon Vera on his UFC debut, and and before that he lost a boxing match. Right. So, I have no idea what to make of that. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. He, he's good. he likes losing. That's all <laughs> I can sort of get from that. But look, Marlon Vera is a top 15 banner, mate. So there's no shame in that at all. So it's, it's really hard to gauge the level there from a defeat like that. Jack Shaw, we know his, his credentials. What is he, 10-0 now? 9-0? 11-0. Uh, Dominant in all his fights. Uh, in Cage Warriors, the Bantamweight champion. Huge for his weight class. Still a young lad. Old head on his shoulders, though, from a great camp in Wales there. He's training with his family. He did have a few issues in his last fight. Not issues, but it was more competitive than his others. But nonetheless, he's still got a job done. I fully expect him to go in there and get the job done once again. So do I. Yeah, so do I. And hopefully he does, because if you just you know get over that sort of little bump, your debut is, 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 can be tough, can't it? Sometimes you get over that. I think he can, he's capable of going on a... And a real sort of storming run right up the rankings. I think he's got good character. He's got huge support behind him. I think he, you know, speaks well. Impressive performances. Obviously, he's going to have to add 
quite, you know, quite a bit more to his game, isn't he? Everyone does when they get to that level. But I think if it, yeah, like I say, get over this sort of first little stumbling block, I think I think the world's his oyster. Yeah, well, he's got time. That's that's the main thing. He's still a young lad, early twenties, and st- and has, still has this sort of back catalogue of wins and experience already behind him. So it's going to hold him in good stead into the UFC. Going from the main event with the crowd behind him to the opener, where there's a few empty seats. That, that's a very bit, bit of a tricky situation, perhaps sometimes for, for some of these fighters making it onto the big show, but I'm, I'm surely taking it in stride. So what else we got to wrap this one up then? Gunnar Nelson. I mean, he was going to fight uh, Thiago Alves, but that one dropped out, so a bit of the interest has also dropped along with it. Funny one, Gunnar Nelson, isn't he? I mean, he's never really sort of got got going in the UFC. There's plenty of hype around him. Started extremely me well and he's had been up and down ever since what are your thoughts on him Joe yeah I like him obviously I like him I think he's got that jiu-jitsu base I like to I like to see fighters with that and they you know fighters who use it in the ring octagon even as well yeah he's, he's a bit up and down isn't he you never re- you're never quite sure what you're going to get I guess and it that that that's never going to allow you to put on that run of wins that you need to really move yourself up and make that impression is it He's he's getting on. He's getting on a little bit now. I mean, it'll be tough. I think it'll be tough to to really make a mark from here. But I think he's got he's got a few left in him. I don't know. It's just, difficult. Just just needs to kick on now, doesn't he? I yeah. mean, there was a lot, a lot of talk a couple of years back. He was quite small for welterweight, but never cut down. So then he bulked up, and he looked amazing against Cowboy Oliveira, who's also on this card, um, and looked brilliant. But then ran into Leon Edwards, so he can't really ever get that consistency going. I'm hoping a win this weekend sets him on that track, start getting two, three, four wins consecutively. Maybe, maybe you never know, you never know. Cowboy Oliveira is fighting on this card, like you're saying, it's Nicholas Dalby who's made his way out of Cage Warriors, so he's got his return back to the UFC. Decent little fight, this one, it's tough, isn't it? It's going to be tough for Dalby on his on his return. Yeah, another baptism of fire, Joe, it is. for this one. You've got that one under your belt now. I have, I have. No cut needed. But listen, hey, no one deserves it more than Nicholas Dalby, let's put it away. The former Safoa winner. He I is. Think he won the Safoa. He, he is, is a former yeah. Safoa winner. Moving that into blood the weekend. Bath, I think, wasn't it? I think it was the bloodbath. I think it was when he got the contract after the bloodbath as well. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah you're right. Yeah, much deserved. Uh, Troll back. It's been a long slog. Uh, drew with Darren Till back in the day, so it just shows his chops completely. And I, I don't think he's completely outmatched, to be honest, against Oliveira. He's quite good, Oliveira. A bit reckless at times. Never again, very inconsistent. I think. Also, I think there's a little bit of quit in Oliveira, if Dalby can force that. And with Dalby, there isn't. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's in. He's in Copenhagen. I think you make a good point there, Joe. I think he's there for the taking. If if the going gets tough a little bit for Cowboy, Dalby, yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all aboard the train. I think he can get it done. I think he'll be underdog. I think it's going to be uh, a roaring crowd behind him, the Viking. I think he can get it done. What about the white Mike Tyson? What about him? <laughs> yeah, so he's got a fight against Alan Adamowski, who lost to Jotko last time out, which I believe was Jotko's returning fight, so... Excuse me, I thought Jocko looked quite good in that one. But yeah, John Phillips, I think he probably needs a win, doesn't he? he he's, he's, I guess you could say he's hanging on in there because he is the white Mike Tyson. And if he does land, he's going to knock Bods out. But yeah, I, you know, I like him. He's another another Welsh lad. So he's, 
you know, I'm sure he can offer quite a lot to Jack Shaw while while they're both out there. But yeah, I think he's a um, big opportunity really against Adamowski. I think Adamowski's one of those ones that the UFC quite like. I think he's from a from a certain region, isn't it? They're always trying to promote fighters in certain regions, build their fan base. I think they quite like Adamowski, but you know, I think John Phillips will probably go into it as an underdog, but decent shout. Yeah, always looking forward to seeing him. Exciting fire. Got a body like ours, Joe, so there you go. Must grumble. Anyone else in there? You've got this one in the co-main event. You're looking at it and you're thinking, who the hell are these two lads? And you've got this Danish bloke called Mark O. Madsen. Have you heard about this fella, Joe? So I had a quick look at him earlier and I saw I saw he's got quite a decent uh, Greco-Roman wrestling background. Is it Olympic level? Well, decent is a bit of an understatement, really. 2016 uh, silver medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling. He's a lightweight. He's 8-0 in uh, MMA now, making his UFC debut in his home country I suppose you could say in the co-main event I mean this going under the radar a little bit for me as well it's not like he's won a national championship in Denmark where there's no real true sort of pedigree for wrestling he's, this is Olympic level this is what they do it for it's all the Yanks and all the Russians do it for <laughs> and, 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 and in it that's the main one that's, yeah, it's, yeah. that's the crown jewel and this Marco Madsen he's gone and got a silver medal a couple of years ago so he could be a real threat yeah I haven't yeah. seen anything about him until I had a look earlier and you see his credentials and you're like, yeah, Jesus. Lightweight as well, so it's, you know, good division really, isn't it, to go into with that sort of background when you look at, look at some of the fighters in there. So When you yeah. look at a champion as exactly, well, I'm not yeah. saying he's going to go on a run that quickly and Marco Madsen is going to beat Khabib Namaganedov next year. I'm just saying that division is stacked with him and if he can strike, if he can bang, he's going to be a handful for anyone. Definitely. He's bound to have power, isn't he? He's bound to have knockout power. Yeah. He's a Dane, isn't he? <laughs> exactly, he's Joe, a Viking. Anything else on that card? I think it's quite a good one. I'm think, looking forward to it, to be honest. I Absolutely pisses all over the one just gone. Oh, shit's on it, doesn't it? And maybe, if you look at it and there's loads of Europeans on this card and last week there was loads of Mexicans who we'd never heard of, do you reckon it's one of those? Do you reckon, do you reckon they were sim- similar level, really? The Mexicans were looking at last week's card thinking, yeah, this is quality, this, isn't it? And they're looking at this week's one like, oh, fucking hell, never heard of any of those. Absolutely what they're doing. <laughs> That's the way it works. But it's our turn now, so I'm excited. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Looking forward to it, actually. Looking forward to it. Do you? What's your pick? Your one your one thing? Your one thing that you're looking most forward oh, to? There's so many. I mean, the main event, I think, is going to be decent, but it's, it's a bit of an afterthought, really, in terms of the actual fight itself for me. I don't know if that's a bit controversial saying that. But I've, I've got to say, uh, Roundtree, all of an Adia Casey fight, and Jack Shaw's debut. Yeah, Roundtree for me. Uh, just, just, just at number one, and then joint, joint second. Those other two that you mentioned, but just absolutely buzzing to see Big Khalil and Marco Madsen in at number four for me. Yes, nice. So, other than that, I think we will wrap this up. It's been an absolute pleasure this week, Matthew. Well, it's good to have you back, Joe. Yeah. You have some Alka Salsa. How that little bad boy stomach of yours? That's it. Fit and fine. Right. Rest up. So everyone, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We are Split Decision UK. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under that name. Also, if you're if you're not on your most preferred platform, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and a couple of others. So if you search for Split Decision UK in there, you will come across us. And if you can give us a follow or a like or whatever the preferred method is on that platform, we will be most grateful. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Later's. Au revoir. <laughs>